Hello and welcome to the Modern Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Mick Ryan. Thank you for joining me. As always, the Modern Wellness Podcast aims to be of service to your mental, emotional, spiritual and physical well-being and to bring guests on the show who I feel can help with that. Today's guest is Jackie Oliver and Jackie is a sex therapist. We're talking about sex. It's a great show today. Lots of really, really key advice about the importance of having a healthy sexual relationship with our partners and how to achieve that. Jackie is the founder of the Psycho-Sexual Alignment Method and she also created what she calls the Emotional Reset Technique. So I really hope you enjoy today's show, listening to Jackie talking about sex and some of the key advice that she has and how to have a healthy sexual relationship and how important that is to our well-being. So, Jackie, welcome to the Modern Wellness Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you, Michael. It's really good to be here. Uh, so, I guess um, the first thing, I suppose, is just for you to introduce yourself, who you are and what you do. Uh, so, I'm Jackie Oliver. I'm a psychosexual alignment specialist and founder of this method. And psychosexual alignment is understanding how to align your body's mental emotional and physical, including sexual processes, so that you can connect with confidence. Okay. And your website is called End the Problem. Yes. So um, is there a concise way of saying what the problem is that you intend to end? The problem is sexual and emotional intimacy problems. So not being able to fully connect with a partner because... The, the issue could be that there is a sexual function issue in either or both partners. Male, it tends to be premature ejaculation or erectile dysfunction, which is not being able to get a hard erection or maintain a hard erection. And for females, is not being able to reach an orgasm or having a lot of difficulty in reaching an orgasm. And any of those problems means that intimacy is stressful for usually for both partners and they cannot experience that greater depth of connection that sex is supposed to bring people because they're either constantly worried about the problem and perpetuating the problem through worrying about it and trying not to think about it and feeling completely disconnected or they completely avoid sex and even avoid intimate behaviours such as hugging. So a, a hug can start off so innocently, just a wonderful hug. But as soon as it starts turning sexual, the person who has concerns about their ability to function sexually will start putting distance in between and pushing away from that hug in case it starts, leads to further sexual intimacy, which is that which is feared and not desired because of the fear or the stress around those challenges. Okay. So very much then it's challenges with, with that intimacy with each other. Yes. Um, would you say there's an underlying difficulty then with intimacy with ourselves that, that underpins that? Well, quite often in my experience, it's, more about a lack of relevant sex education knowledge. So we're taught about safety, but we're not taught about technique. We're not taught how to balance our sexual focus between ourselves, our partner, and the actions of sex so that we can actually have our body work for us in the way that we're expecting it to and then be able to fully engage with a partner on a deeper level. So we don't actually have the knowledge required to engage intimately. Okay. Now, how? <laughs> how? I was just um, that question there. Sure. How then would you work with somebody in in that situation? Like, for example, if you have a, a guy who has erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation, or a woman who has difficulty with orgasm is there a particular process of steps is it very much an individualistic thing or is is there kind of a, a prescribed way of working with people 
Well, there is a standard procedure for engaging intimately, but you need to, first of all, the person needs to understand what actions they are doing that are uh, contributing to the problem. For example, if a male spends too much of his focus giving his partner foreplay, very, and it happens a lot with caring men, that they put all of that attention into giving their partner foreplay without think of, thinking of their own arousal. So if they're not thinking of their own, if a man's not thinking of his own arousal and giving his brain arousing signals, then his brain is going to cancel out the erection program. Okay. And he's going to lose his erection. For a female, uh, many women tend to have a distracted mind thinking of many different things, mm-hmm. not being having their full attention focused on the sexual act. So if she's not thinking about sex during sex, and if she's not thinking about feeling turned on, if none of her awareness is there, then how will her brain know she wants an orgasm? It's just not going to happen. Okay. Yet when a person understands, so first they need to understand the problem, so how the sexual programs work, so they can look at their problem and think, oh, I do that. I do that. Oh, I don't do that. Oh, that's really interesting. It just fills in the blanks and the knowledge because knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. And from then, it's understanding how to balance your sexual focus between yourself, your partner, and the actions of sex. For example, a man with a premature ejaculation problem, he will be very focused on his own arousal and also trying not to think about how aroused he is. And sometimes a woman, a female partner will say, well, he's really selfish, he's only focused on himself. But that's not actually true. He can be overly focused on how arousing his partner is to him, and that will have the same effect. So it's about filling in the gaps in knowledge that we're not taught anywhere in the education system so that both partners understand what the problem is. Too many times a partner will think, you know, they're selfish or they're frigid or they're just not interested and any of these problems will contribute to a low libido in either partner. And yet when they understand these variables, then it's easier to uh, have more empathy for the partner and to also not worry about the relationship and what's happening to the relationship because there's no sex happening, and then to be able to actually work together and uh, the female will have her uh, strategy to follow, the male will have his strategy to follow, and then it's easy to go from there. The key is that for a female, she needs to be mostly focused on pleasure to be able to have an orgasm. Whereas a male, he has to stay hard and in control. And if he doesn't know how to balance his sexual focus, he might start with one problem, for example, weak erections, erectile dysfunction, and then he'll try to overcompensate to get his erection back, and then he'll overstimulate himself and cause early ejaculation. And then he thinks he's got two problems. Whereas I say, well, no, let's give you a different way of looking at that. First of all, you were too focused on your partner causing the loss of erection. Now you're focusing more on yourself. Then, yes, that's causing the opposite problem, but it just means you're doing too much of that. You've just overbalanced in that respect. All you need to do is to find the median point where it's like a dance, where a man can stay hard and in control, and that's where he has the most fun. So I just simplify how a male can stay hard and in control and how a female can experience enjoyable sex and orgasms and the fastest way to that result. Okay. And so you call it the psychosexual um, alignment. 
Um, so you're you're aligning the mind and the body, and is there spiritual aspects to it too? Uh, when when you're fully aligned, the spiritual aspect is just there. Okay. I, it, it's that ingrained part of all of us. But what tends to uh, get in the way, so when we are aligned with ourselves, we tend to experience happiness. Yeah. Which is the greatest feeling of spiritual connection, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yet it, it's in that place where where we experience wellness and we experience joy and happiness. So when we're with the mental process is how you're focusing your attention. Right? People who don't have sexual function issues, they think, well, I just have sex. I, I just do it. And yet a person might, uh, might be maybe... 40 years old, had great sex their whole life, then has one occasion, one sexual occasion, where they focus too much of their sexual focus either way and either lose a heart erection or lose control and ejaculate early. And they've got no idea what they were doing right before. And that can result in a sexual function issue, an ongoing issue that lasts another 30 years just because they don't know how to correctly align their sexual focus. Okay. Um, and so in, in that alignment that you're talking about there, I mean, is, is there an essence of, of sex as almost a meditative practice? Does that help with that, that focus and that being present in the moment? Is that part of it or is, is that not a good description of it? It's an interesting description of it. Okay. And the challenge, the challenge for men is that there's being in the moment and knowing how to focus your attention correctly in that moment. Right. So let me go back a bit. When there's a sexual function issue present, it's very difficult for a for a person to be in the present moment because they're worried about for a male he's worried about whether he's going to lose his erection at penetration time or ejaculate and it's very difficult so even if you're in the present moment if you don't know how to balance your sexual focus you're still going to experience these problems because you don't know which of your actions are causing the problems to happen once you have the underlying goods underlying structure to perform good sex if you're calling it performing or engaging or whatever then you can be in the present moment then there is more of an emotional connection there's more of a spiritual connection there's that deeper level of intimacy and connection that a person who has these problems only dreams about so once you have the correct sequence aligned it's very much like when you're learning to drive a car. First, it's really challenging to go through the gears in the right order and with the right timing and remember everything else. But sexually, once you understand how to move through the gears in the right order with the right timing, then sex becomes fun, it's enjoyable, it's pleasurable. It's something that both partners initiate because there is that deeper feeling of togetherness and connection, and that continues to grow. Okay. And tell me, do, do, is it pretty common um, to have this kind of sexual dysfunction? I mean, you talk about people who, who don't have it and, and those who do. Uh, has, that, has it become more common? Is it something that you encounter more now than before, or is it just an age-old thing that we have? That's an interesting point. So, and when you say age-old thing that we have, so these these problems are universal. And according to statistics I've gathered over the years, around eighty percent of people suffer from them. So, so this is what common. happens yeah. when you don't have knowledge relevant to engaging in this part of your life. Now, what was really interesting is that a lot of people believe that erectile dysfunction is an older person's disease, and yet 40% of men, according to the Cleveland Clinic, 
a study from Cleveland, Cleveland Clinic, say that 40% of men under 40 suffer from erectile dysfunction. So as well as the 40% of men over 40 suffering. And there are just so many studies which indicate that these problems are prevalent. And yet because sex isn't something that is talked about, it's that one thing that's usually kept behind bedroom doors, especially if there's a challenge going on there. And uh, so people think that, oh, well, it's just me. I, there's something wrong with me. I just don't know how to feel fulfilled as a human being. What is it that I'm doing wrong? And yet when a person uh, finds my website or, or listens to a podcast or however they found me or uh what they get to understand is like, oh, right, lots of people have these problems. It's not just me. And that's because we, we well, would you give a teenage child a car, a key, and a fuel voucher and send them out on the road? You'd never yeah. think of that as a parent, and yet that's what most parents do when it comes to their children's sexual education which really should only start around the age of 16. Okay. Um, do you feel sex education in school is adequate or does it leave a lot to be desired? It's completely inadequate. Okay. Uh, from speaking with people, including teenagers, what I received many years ago in my sexual education, which was learning about how to prevent pregnancy, prevent STDs, and if you had advanced sex education knowledge, you were taught how to put a condom on a banana. And that was it. And apparently that's around about all they get now, although nowadays things tend to be more focused around gender and helping a person understand their gender. And, and that uh, presents its own set of challenges because they're doing it to people that are way too young. And they're only getting to know themselves as a person without having all of these ideologies pushed onto them. So, yeah, for okay. me, sex education needs to include uh, emotional intimacy, physical intimacy, and the actual mechanics of the mental mechanics of connection. Do you feel we're still maturing? as I guess as a species just enough to be able to talk about it in a mature way without you know is it still a sense of human immaturity that we can't talk about it in that way hmm. not sure about that uh, what I do know is that uh, a lot of the the greatest inventions and awarenesses in life, for example, nutritional supplementation, it's been uh, proven and clinically proven for study after study after study after study and, and yet not recommended, not mainstream medicine, not accepted by mainstream medicine. And so some of the, the best ideas on solving life's problems they're still not mainstream or they're not taking on as mainstream. And it's almost as though the powers that be don't want people to be educated and empowered in their life. Okay. And so not sure what's going on sure. there, but it's interesting. Yeah. And so you mentioned the age of 16 for sex education. Um, now, a lot of people would have sex younger than that. So why, why would you say 16 is the age for sex education? Is that a maturity thing as well? It's a maturity thing. It's also where vaster numbers of people are getting into relationships, more long-term mm -hmm. relationships. It's actually a disservice if you're a parent not to educate your teens at, at this time. So 15 or 16, I would be an age, an acceptable age. Uh, if you become aware that your child is 
has become sexually active, then as soon as you're aware of that, they need to know about this now. Because if they happen to be in the 80%, within that 80% who don't get it right the first time, of course the number would be percentage lower for that for that first time, but if they happen to get it wrong that first time, they are going to experience a huge amount of stress in their intimate relationships. And many people, I've just had hundreds of clients who didn't engage in a long-term relationship. If things started getting close between them and another person, even if they really thought they were someone really special, they would back off from the relationship because they were so fearful of experiencing the sexual function issue and not being able to please their partner, uh, not being able to fulfill them. And there's a great number of people who remain single because of their fear of these problems contaminating their relationship. Okay. And so tell me then, with, with what you teach, we, we touched on the psychosec- uh, psychosexual alignment, the emotional reset technique then, is that something you would introduce in, in those situations when you have people who, who have those challenges with intimacy? And, and how does that work? Absolutely. So when it comes to... Uh, sexual function challenges is generally a large amount of anxiety involved. So whether you call it performance anxiety or just the anxiety around intimacy, even thinking about it throughout the day can cause a person to really go down a rabbit hole mentally as they berate themselves for not being good enough, for just not being able to succeed in this area. And the problem is that when we, when we think about a challenge that we have and we're focused on what we don't want, then we're constantly triggering our brain's stress response. We're experiencing high levels of adrenaline and cortisol. And when it's an ongoing problem that you don't know how to solve, you're constantly triggering yourself every time you think about that problem. And that leads to all these other health concerns and lowered immunity, et cetera. It's really important to be able to reset yourself to a place of calm so that you are able to then refocus your attention correctly. And we use the emotional reset technique to do that. What most people do when they have a sexual function challenge they'll be trying not to think about the problem. Which, if you think about what you're picturing when you're trying not to think about something, you're actually picturing that problem happening. And then that becomes a very clear signal that you're giving to your brain. Your brain's like, oh, oh, you don't want the erection. Okay, well, it will just cancel out the erection. And then there is more anxiety and more stress happening because... I, That's obviously not what is wanted. So the emotional reset technique enables you to immediately return yourself into a calm state where you then your full cognitive function comes back online because when you're triggered, you can't think clearly. Even if you have all of the knowledge of how to correctly balance your sexual focus, in that moment of anxiety when you're bodies in the throes of the stress response, you can't access that knowledge. You're just based on the memories of when you failed before and the fear of that happening again. So you need to be able to return yourself to that emotionally empowered state, whereas you can then focus on creating your ideal outcome. So the first step of ERT is actually knowing what you want knowing what outcome you want. When this comes to a sexual function issue, it's beyond being able to stay hard and in control or to be able to easily reach an orgasm. It's to really experience that deeper level of connection with a partner. Now, it's really important to have that vision because we tend to be 
more threat-focused rather than reward-focused. And the threat pathway is myelinated, where we think about a sex, we think about the problem. We think about sex, we think about the problem. Whereas what we're wanting to do is to use the emotional reset technique to realign yourself so that you're in a state of calm and then to focus your actions and attention on creating this ideal outcome. So it's understanding the problem, understanding what's causing it so that you know what you're doing wrong so that you can then understand how to balance your sexual focus so you can correct that problem. But in those moments in between, when you start feeling anxious, you start feeling stressed, for example, uh, in my, you might be giving, a male might be giving his partner foreplay, she starts making happy noises. Now, for many men with a premature ejaculation problem, that's when he's like, oh boy, he, he becomes so super aroused by that. Or he starts worrying because that's also an indicator that she's going to be ready for penetration time any moment. And he suddenly realizes, oh, not hard, not prepared. So you need to know how to reset yourself into that calm state immediately so that you can then have your prefrontal cortex come back online and then access the knowledge of what to focus on to restore that hard erection or to restore the feeling of control. And how do you do that? That's a, partly about bringing your awareness back to your body. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's a little bit more in-depth with that, so... It, what it does is it gives your mind that moment of calm. Okay. So it's not about analyzing. It's not analyzing mm -hmm. what you're feeling. It's just bringing your awareness back. And I explain how to do this in my programs. Okay. So that you can then immediately access that empowered emotional state. See, from that empowered emotional state, you don't make bad decisions because you're in alignment. Mm-hmm. And you're able to focus your actions and attention instead of, like, trying not to think about a black car. Sure. Which is going to... Instantly think of a black car. Yes. Yeah. So you need to make that clean switch. Mm -hmm. If you just try to override that uh, physical discomfort, that discomfort may present as... Uh, pressure in your head, it might be an increased heart rate, the awareness of increased heart rate, uh, discomfort in your gut. If you try to override that, that's going to signal your brain that there's still a problem. You don't want to signal your brain there's still a problem because if you signal your brain that there's still a problem, it's going to keep pumping out the stress hormones. Mm -hmm. So we're wanting to calm that state so that you're in alignment, your hormones are in alignment, and you're able to refocus your attention in the correct manner. Okay. So the emotional reset technique then brings you back into psychosexual alignment. Is that, would that be an accurate way of saying it? It does. It also brings you back into homeostasis. Uh, so, and so it's not necessarily something that's only specific for, for sexual situations. You really can use it when you just want to balance yourself. Is that, would that be true as well? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I have clients that use it for in every situation. And what's really cool is that, uh, or maybe not cool, but we're generally triggered as a species. We're triggered about 40 times a day, at least, mm -hmm. from minor things to major things. And, and that's outside of any challenges that we're experiencing. So when we practice the emotional reset technique, what we're doing is we're practicing getting into an emotionally empowered state so that we can deal with any situation with full cognitive function. And then through practicing it throughout the day, then when you're in a sexual scenario, in a sexual situation, that's the first thing that you do because you recognize the discomfort that is associated with your brain's stress response. Then you can immediately apply ERT, you're back in balance. So everyone describes us as I go through it with my clients I'll say 
we'll do this. I do that. What did you experience? Oh, just feel so calm. Yes, all peaceful. So you're accessing that state immediately without going into a deep meditation, without counting to 10, without any anything that, that's challenging at all. You're just returning to the state of power. And from that state of power, then with that clear outcome that you've already determined, then you're turning your actions and your focus this way. So using that black car analogy before, you're not even thinking about the black car, you've switched your attention to the red car and that direction. And because it's such a clean switch and now you're, you're giving your brain a signal that is completely relevant to the act that you're engaging in. So if, for example, uh, a male started experiencing, uh, realized that he, he checked in and he was starting to lose his erection hardness, then he can fully bring his awareness and attention to arousing an erotic focus so that his brain's like, oh, right, you want that, here you go. Or to balance in the opposite direction, depending on what is needed. Okay. Uh, so it's, I mean, it's, it sounds like it, it's not a meditative technique, but it has the same effects as a meditative technique. Um, Correct. That, that same ability to kind of, to, to switch off that response in the amygdala, that, that the kind of stress response and, and engage that prefrontal cortex and bring you into that kind of sense of being balanced and being present. Yes. It's really powerful. Had okay. some uh, great feedback, including from doctors over the years with this technique. Okay. Um, and so the, the other thing then on your website that you mentioned is the inner vaginal flush. It, it seems to be another technique specific to yourself. So how, how does that work? What, what, is, what is the purpose of that and how does that help? The inner vaginal flush technique is for women who experience inner vaginal dryness, which is a vast majority of women over the age of 35, as soon as they start going through perimenopause, which is actually the, the symptoms that lead up to the day of menopause. So menopause is actually the, the day that a woman has gone 12 months without any symptoms, or sorry, not without any symptoms, without a menstrual cycle. Okay. Everything before that is perimenopause, and that's where the greatest challenge is. That's when her whole body uh, structure is changing because the ovaries are reducing the release of sex hormones, and that structure is changing. So part of this, and also many women who are pre perimenopause as well, they experience this inner vaginal dryness, which is so painful. If I could give an example of rubbing your eyeballs with coarse sandpaper. Okay. And it's experienced on the walls inside the vagina. And External lubrication does not deal with this issue, doesn't deal with it at all, because that's really only going along the outside entrance. So I developed the inner vaginal flush technique when I experienced this for the first time. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, I can see my, why many women don't want to have sex mm -hmm. when they experience this. And it tends not to go away because it's caused by structural changes in the vagina and in the hormone structure. And so... The inner vaginal flush technique, which I initially developed for myself, and then I just started sharing it with women, and they're all getting the same result of restored lubrication. It's actually a downward muscular movement. So first, a woman is to bring her awareness to her vagina and then to push down with her vagina as though she is blowing bubbles or blowing a kiss with her vagina to her partner. 
And what this does is it initiates a flush, very similar to the flush mechanism on a toilet, where it flushes the internal walls. And if she does this in the lead up to sexual intimacy, for example, when she's getting undressed, in the lead up to any type of penetration, whether that's foreplay or intercourse, and then maybe just a couple of times throughout intercourse, then she has that full amount of lubrication inside and outside of her vagina. So she also still needs to use the external lubricant. Coconut oil is fabulous. Just a very small amount, though, Mm -hmm. because too much coconut oil will make it difficult for her partner to maintain an even rhythm and to stay balanced because it'll be too slippery. And it can also decrease his awareness of friction and sensation. So it's just that little little dab of coconut oil on the outside of edge of her vagina, along with that inner vaginal flush technique, which will uh, restore that lubrication. Now, what's really interesting, I did get some feedback from a gynecologist. So when I first started experiencing the inner vaginal dryness, I made an appointment to see a gynecologist just to see, hey, what's going on? Then uh, I developed this technique just a few days after the first time I experienced the dryness, and it worked so well, I just kept doing it um, up until the lead-up to my appointment when I went to the gynecologist, and she's peering inside, and she said, how old are you? How old did you say you are? I said, I'm like 42. And she said, you've got the healthiest-looking vagina I've ever seen. (laughs) And how's that? The only thing that I had done differently was the inner vaginal flush technique. Okay. And how did you how did you come to it? How did you discover it or, or you know, create it? Well, I I put together my advanced knowledge and understanding of how the sexual programs need to work and then just applied a healthy dose of logic to that and thought, well, a pushing down action will help a woman have a squirting orgasm. So let's just play with that technique outside of sex and see what happens. And that's what made all the difference. Okay. Now, you mentioned a squirting orgasm there. So that's a question I have to ask because it's still I can't tell if, if it is a fantasy or if it is a real thing. Now, obviously, you've just mentioned it, so it must be a real thing. Um. It seems very difficult to to create. Is that the case or is it just using that technique that you you described? It's a downward motion. You can only experience a squirting orgasm with a downward movement. Okay. Is there a difference in intensity from a regular orgasm? It's more like a roller coaster ride with a squirting orgasm. It's very intense, like a downhill whoosh then it's gone. Whereas the pulsing orgasm, you're going against gravity, so it takes longer to achieve it. But then as long as your focus is still directed to the awareness of the pulsing sensations, you can keep your, you can experience that for a longer period of time. So what I do, it's like I've had so many women come to me who had never been able to have an orgasm at all. I was in in that group initially. Uh, I had a 74-year-old woman who had been married for over 40 years, loved her partner, loved having sex with them because of the closeness, but had never been able to orgasm. And her husband called me up not long after her session with me and said, oh, Jean now hits gold every time we have sex. And that was through intercourse, not through foreplay, but through intercourse. Okay. So once you have this knowledge, then you can easily experience orgasms and it can become a bit of an ego trip because especially with the squirting orgasms, they're so easy. You can have them like every 30 seconds, and then it's like, oh, fun, and then oh, again. But you become so absorbed by your own experience that your partner feels left out. So instead of aiming for several orgasms, I recommend to women that they aim for one or two. And by actually holding back 
then they're able to experience a greater depth of connection with that orgasm. And I also teach couples how to orgasm at the same time. So a man's ejaculation and a woman's final orgasm happen right at that same time. And that does actually require some communication because uh, sometimes it's not always obvious to the partner whether or not they've come. Whereas if you communicate, I'm coming mm -hmm. now, then the other person, once they know how to enhance their awareness of sensation and really be in that zone, then boom, they can time their orgasm with yours every single time you have sex. Yeah. Okay. Because in my, my experience, it, you know, penetrative orgasms are, are far more of a challenge. Um, so are you saying that you can coach them to, to have orgasms through penetration easier? Yes. Yeah. It's knowing how to balance your sexual focus. See, if a woman doesn't know how to orgasm, she starts feeling good. It starts feeling really good. And then she'll start questioning, is it? Is it? Is this an orgasm? And of course, her brain's like, well, you want it or not? And then her mind starts analyzing other times and when it hasn't been. And suddenly she's completely turned herself off sex when she is so close to experiencing that orgasm. So part of it is awareness, self awareness, and part of it is her partner's technique because if if her partner isn't on the center line of her vagina they're not actually if there isn't g-spot stimulation or clitoral stimulation and i teach women how to have g-spot orgasms no touching of the clitoris required if he if the partner isn't aligned in the center then those points aren't going to be stimulated. And if those points aren't being stimulated, it's going to be like rubbing the arm where it's doing absolutely nothing. Okay. So I teach a male how to stay in that center line, how to balance himself, how to uh, uh, the best positions for control and connection and these are actually the best sexual positions for comfort and connection as well. Because if a woman isn't comfortable, she's not going to be able to orgasm because her mind will be keep switching to how uncomfortable she is. And yet that focus on pleasure and connection is so important for a woman. Is there a difference in intensity between a G-spot orgasm and a clitoral orgasm? G-spot orgasm, yes, G-spot orgasm, you just keep wanting more, whereas clitoral orgasm tends to be so sensitive, so hypersensitive mm -hmm. that a woman won't want her partner to go anywhere near her after she's had one. Yeah. Whereas that G-spot, it, it, it just feels like you just want to keep bringing the other person into you to experience that deeper and deeper connection. And so is that then when you can actually have multiple orgasms? Because it's, it's, it seems like it's a, it's a very difficult thing to have a clitoral orgasm, whereas with G-spot, it is more, more likely, more possible. That's right. So with the, with the clitoral orgasms, you really only want one, and then you want that to be over. Whereas the G-spot, because you can keep going, there isn't that hypersensitivity. It's more a deliciousness. And... For any of those people out there that love being on a roller coaster, it's such a good ride. You just want to get back on that ride again and whoosh, go down and get back on that ride again. Okay. And it, for a male partner, experiencing his partner having that uh, squirting orgasm, his member feels like it's being wrapped by a giant wet sponge which can be very stimulating for him. Yeah. It's really interesting. I had a couple come to me several years ago and her partner had a premature ejaculation problem. We solved that. He had great control. And then they decided that they would deal with, uh, with her issue, which was less of an issue, but 
um, not always being able to orgasm when she wanted to. And so I taught her about the pushing down technique and the squeeze me technique and these very cool techniques that I teach in my programs. So with this couple, they had experienced these difficulties within their sexual life and yet through understanding how to balance their sexual focus, he was able to, like, he just found her so arousing and so horny. And what was really interesting, they were both in their 50s. And so they were able to deepen their connection. And he just had to tweak his focus just a little bit more so that it would account for uh, that extra, extra level of arousing that he was experiencing. Okay, and, and so tell me, when you're working with people, uh, is it theoretical or do you actually have to help people during sex I mean, and coach people through that process? It's theoretical. Once you have that knowledge aligned mm-hmm. of understanding how the sexual programs need to work, then it becomes like a dance where for a male, it's very much the equivalent of leading his partner around the dance floor. So sometimes he'll feel a little bit more aroused, which means he needs more focus on the actions of fulfilling his partner, whereas other times he might start realising, oh, he's not as hard as he wants to be. That just means that he's put too much focus on his partner. He needs a little bit more on his own arousal. And this is what makes sex such an amazing thing, is that once you have the mental mechanics in place, then you can really focus on connection. But you cannot focus too much on your emotional and spiritual connection because that's not arousing for your brain. And it's your brain who is making the decisions here on what level of arousal you are experiencing. So is the focus primarily on physical arousal then? Well, not so much. And it just depends. So it depends whereabouts in the cycle they are. So if a male is wanting to engage with his partner sexually, He's got to be focused on his own arousal first to get a hard erection. Mm -hmm. Then he needs to balance his sexual focus between himself and his partner and the actions of that sexual act to be able to stay hard and in control. Then when he wants to ejaculate, he needs to put his full arousal back on himself again and his own enjoyment. Because if he's still balancing his focus between himself and his partner at that time, he won't be able to ejaculate. Okay. So it's just understanding the boundaries of the game of sex and playing within the boundaries so that you're consistently giving your brain the right amount of arousing signals versus connecting signals on a more emotional level. And this is where the dance is because you're balancing those actions and those points of focus so that you can continue throughout the sexual act for as long as you and your partner desire so that it's an actual timed release where you both want it. And so you can be as short or as long as, as you like, really. Yes, Okay. And just going back to, you were talking about menopause before. Does sex become more, less, or just as enjoyable after menopause? Depends if they have the right tools or not. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with the TV show Fleabag. Um, No, I'm not. It's a great TV show. And and in the second season of A Kristen Scott Thomas makes an appearance as an older lady. Um. And and she talks about you know um, sex after menopause. And she says after menopause, you, you know you're, you're you're free, and sex is so much more enjoyable um, because you, you know you no longer have the pain of periods, and you just you get to enjoy 
having sex in, in a way that you didn't before with, with a certain sense of freedom. Um, and I guess that's not the case for everybody, but I guess it can be. Would, would that oh, be yes. Correct? Absolutely. Uh, however, if you weren't able to enjoy sex previously because either you weren't able to orgasm or your partner had PE or ED, which is the premature ejaculation or erectile dysfunction, or they have a porn technique, hard and fast, constant change of position. If you have any of those problems present, then it doesn't matter what age you get to, you're still not going to enjoy sex. But if you do understand how to balance your sexual focus so that you can have an orgasm when you want to and you know how to combat in the vaginal dryness and you're, perhaps you're, you and your partner go through the programs together so that you both understand your brain's requirements for sex, then you can have enjoyable sex and orgasms for the rest of your life. The couple that I told you about earlier, that was around about, uh, goodness me, about seven or eight years ago now, and she's in her 80s now, still having okay. sex and orgasms. Okay. Well, that's, that's great to hear. Absolutely. But yeah. you do need to deal with the functional issues. Sure, of course. Because everything else relies on that. And going back to what you mentioned before then, you mentioned the porn technique, hard and fast, lots of changes. Uh, what impact has, has the, I guess, the, the access to porn had? Like we, we've got unlimited access to porn whenever we want. Has that had a positive effect or a detrimental effect or it really it can be managed? Well, it, it can be managed with the right tools. But remember that people aren't getting a relevant sex education in their schooling and so uh, yes safety is very important but people want to understand technique they want to know how to fulfill and be fulfilled and so they will watch porn to try and educate themselves and yet the problem with porn is that a lot of it's fake I treated a, a American porn star Many years ago, uh, my consultations have been via online for many mm. years now, and she was unable to orgasm with a partner. She could orgasm by herself, but not with her partner, not with a partner in any of the uh, pornography films. And she said that most of the men would use erection-enhancing drugs as well as numbing creams so that they could keep going and going and going forever. Okay. And she said a lot of porn is fake. Yeah. Now, the problem with porn is the hard and fast and constant change of position. Yeah. And I've treated so many, helped so many women who that has been the primary, primary problem of why they have lost interest in sex because there is that hard and fast constant change of position. Now, if a woman has problems reaching an orgasm, it means that she doesn't have long enough to stay in the orgasm zone. So she'll just be getting in the zone and then her part will, partner will change position. Okay, yeah. And she'll just get in the zone, change of position or fast. And when if you're going too fast, it's like trying to drive a car at... 140 kilometers an hour is it going to be enjoyable for you and your partner can you enjoy your partner your passenger at that speed you can't feel them you can't have conversation with them you can't have that deeper level of intimacy if you're going that fast nor will you have accuracy mm -hmm. so it's a matter of understanding that porn can be a tool uh to enhance intimacy if you're both into watching porn. Yeah. But it, again, that's where conversations need to take place because some people will use porn to test if they still have a sexual function issue or they will turn to porn so that they can get rid of sexual frustration without disappointing their partner. 
So it's really looking at porn and looking at why you're using it and what you need to do to uh, rectify any issues anywhere so that when you do use porn, it's being used as a tool. It's being used for enjoyment for both partners. Okay. But if you don't have the conversation around it, then there is going to be a lot of tension. Okay. So it, it can be an issue, but it doesn't have to be. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And that's usually depending on communication. Yeah. I had a couple who consulted with me several years ago and uh, the wife had communicated uh, about porn and she didn't communicate clearly. And so her husband threw out every, every trace of porn that he could find from his computer, from the house, everywhere, and she was still upset and he couldn't understand why. And yet the reason was that she liked it when her partner watched porn. She wanted her partner to communicate when he watched porn because she knew that on the days that he did that, they had really good sex that night. Okay. Yet because it wasn't communicated, their relationship was breaking down big time. Right. And this is why you need to have those conversations around what's important to you and what you like and what you don't like and why. Okay. Um, tell me then, on that then, uh, is, it, is this correct pronunciation? Is it Mates Cafe? Mates Cafe, yes. Is that an open forum then for discussing things like Mates this? Ca well, Mates Cafe is a platform my partner and I are developing to bring people together to uh, to free your happy. So it's not about sex. It's okay. about supporting people, those that are going through crisis. So we, we teach people who uh, want to learn how to uh, give back to the community where we teach them the emotional reset technique and the whole core alignment program where they are able to be in an empowered emotional state so they can then help others who come onto the community who require help and assistance to then find their own point of balance. See, people who are going through crisis generally have a really good understanding of uh, the challenges that other people are facing as they are going through crisis. Yeah. So we wanted to set up a platform where people could not only find their power and uh, reclaim their own power and to understand their body on a whole new level and, and the superpower that we have in our brain, understanding how to harness that power just blows your mind. And then to have it within a community where we're creating a worldwide movement of being there for others, but most importantly, being there for ourselves and stepping up our A game to a whole new level. See, we all have knowledge and we all have insights that we've gained through our life experience. And as we start to uh, share our knowledge, share our experiences and what has worked for us, and it's not about sharing advice, it's about sharing our experiences, then we aim to create a world where we are, we are one race, we're the human race. We're not black, white, red, colour, gender, all these different kinds of genders. We're all people and we should be proud of that fact and not causing division by how we are acting and, of course, the emotional triggers that make us act out and cause so many problems in relationships. So Mates Cafe is a huge project that we're aiming to launch in the very near future. Okay. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And so where people can find you, first off, endtheproblem.com is your website. That's right. Um, and do you also have a book? 
oh, I do. I wrote that a while ago. So that was doing this one thing will change your life forever. Uh, that was the where the emotional reset technique was kind of born. So it was it's a stories from my own life experiences and how that came together. And uh, I didn't even call it the emotional reset technique back then. My partner and I have developed ERT to the point where it is now, where we have more of the neuroscience to back it all up. Uh, so, yeah, the book can be found through the sitemap on my website, which is in the footer okay. of my website. But I do also have a, a bonus resource of 10 ways to improve your sex life today. And that is endtheproblem.com forward slash tips. And that's from verbal communication and body language to positioning your mind, your emotions, and your physical body so that you have these 10 easy ways to improve your sex life today. Okay. And also then if people want to book sessions with you, first off, there's, there's a free session option. Is there a free 20-minute introductory session that people can do with you? That's right. Yeah. So if you just go onto the pricing page on my website, you can access the, <clears throat> excuse me, the complimentary session there. Okay. And then there's, there's the regular sessions, the, the programs and pricing that are on there right. too. Um, I think there, there's three different options that you have on there. Um, That's right. Yeah. Uh, so, so I have pre-recorded programs. They're the six mastery programs, hard and in control for men, enjoyable sex and orgasms for women. Those are pre-recorded content so that you can go through at your own pace and it's more of a do-it-yourself option, whereas the consulting packages, they're more about working one-on-one, -on -one, so we're, we're dealing with your particular situation. I have a go-for-gold where it's a monthly subscription where it's one-on-one -on -one time, so there are uh, four sessions a month as well as unlimited five-minute phone calls in between so you get that those insights and those answers in the moment that you need them uh, just down to a couple of other uh, packages where it also includes the sex mastery program so that you have that as a lifetime resource as well and really my clients tend to see immediate improvement even after the first session okay. they're starting to feel more aware of their power and aware of their ability to bring lasting change into this important area of life and to really get on track to enjoying deeper intimacy and a happy and fulfilling sex life that sounds great. I think that's what we all need. Most certainly is. Uh, well, thank you so much for that, Jackie. I really appreciate it. That was a, a great session today, and I, I learned a lot. Oh, thank you so much for having me on board. You're very welcome. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to Jackie talking about sex and fulfilling sexual relationships and how to have fulfilling sex with our partners. I really, really enjoyed it and found it so insightful, learned things that I just didn't know, didn't occur to me. Some of the key points, you know, talking about the importance of being in union with the mind and the body, bringing them in together, you know, harmonizing the emotional body, the mental body, the physical body, and the importance of that, you know, when, when we are in the right headspace when the mind and body are not disconnected that oftentimes when we spend too much time in our head during sex it really inhibits our ability to enjoy it fully and how we can actually use those techniques to bring harmony into the body how that helps to release neurotransmitters your dopamine your serotonin your endorphins all these things that make you feel good and of course when you have oxytocin the love hormone being released in your body it really enhances that sexual experience when you feel that 
you know, some of the other things then, I had no idea the different types of orgasms and how they affect women in particular, the difference between clitoral orgasms and G-spot orgasms and how, you know, I've always known about the sensitivity that comes from clitoral orgasm. I didn't know that that wasn't such a thing with G-spot orgasm and that you can achieve those continuous orgasms through G-spot orgasm and how to achieve that. Um, and I guess Jackie can really help with that. People probably think, you know, oh, I can only orgasm through the clitoris or I can't orgasm through penetration, but I'm sure that Jackie can help guide and, you know, as she says, avoiding porn star sex where you're constantly shifting position and moving. You never get a chance to really feel into your body and know what is actually happening and to enjoy being in that moment. I loved hearing about people in their 70s and 80s, elderly people still having enjoyable, fulfilling sex and still having orgasm. It's great to know that sex doesn't just end. So if you enjoy that show and you think, you know what, Jackie's the person for me. I want to talk to her. I want to have a session with her. I want to experience that great, fulfilling sex with my partner. Go to Jackie's website, which is endtheproblem.com. And Jackie has packages, programs. She has a subscription service that you can sign up to and get the benefits for yourself. As for me, I am available on the More Than Wellness podcast. You can find me on facebook.com forward slash more than wellness. You can find me on Instagram, more than wellness. The podcast is available on Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, and really anywhere else that you find podcasts. So please like, share, and follow the More Than Wellness podcast. And I'd love to get your comments on the show. Um, if you want to leave the comments below, that'd be great. As for us, we'll be back with our next guest very, very soon. Thank you and take care. Mm-hmm.